pull ourselves out of that particular slavery. Okay, I'm not going to concentrate on that so much now, uh, but it's the next, the, the fourth point of the paragraph, and that is, even if we are uh, intelligent, men of wisdom, understanding, experience, and knowledge in Torah, we all still have a mitzvah of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim. And the more we tell it over, Harazim Meshubach. I'd like to, I'd like to uh, bridge the first sentence, the opening sentence of this paragraph of Avadim Ayinu Lefarubah Mitzrayim and this last uh, section where Afilu Kulanu Chachamim, no matter how much intelligence, how intelligent we are, how much knowledge we are, we have a mitzvah to say over the story of Tziat Mitzrayim and the more we say it over, the Harazim Meshubach. So let me try and uh, suggest a, an interpretation as to how we appreciate this. First and foremost, let's try and understand the significance of, of, of Pesach. Uh, the, Arizal, the Arizal takes us back to the, the very beginning of time, Adam and Chava in Gan Eden, to try and start his, his analysis. And what happens is, is as follows. The um, Adam and Chava were placed in Gan Eden, and Akosh Baruch Hu gave them a particular mitzvah, and that was not to eat from the Eitzadat, not to eat from the tree of knowledge. Now, what, what, is, what is this idea of knowledge exactly? So let's interpret for the moment knowledge as a, uh, a deep-seated consciousness, uh, an intrinsic fundamental uh, awareness of Hashem's presence in every aspect of our lives. That's what really Hashem... Uh, wants us to achieve. It's that's the main goal that our entire lives are directed and driven by this this focus, this consciousness, this knowledge, so to speak, of Koshbaruch's presence. And the way that Hashem challenged Adam and Chava with it is that He gave them a mitzvah. He gave them to eat from all the trees in the garden, and from one particular tree, not to eat. Uh, the the so-called giving of of a mitzvah is if a person is compliant with it. You either do a positive action or you refrain from a negative action, that yin and yang uh, relationship allows one to uh, in, in, invest oneself with the conscious, consciousness of Hashem to a, to a great degree. So the more one, the more one obeys or is compliant to the Kosh will, the greater the consciousness of, the, of Hashem in the fabric of the human's uh, soul um, can, uh, is. And so the sad the Torah, there's somehow a, a, a connecting strand cut and a person loses a certain consciousness or relationship, you know, with Hashem. This is interpreted, this deep-seated consciousness is interpreted as, as that. Because Baruch Hu said in order to, uh, in order to deserve eating from the Eitzadat, you need to achieve a certain amount of knowledge, a certain amount of consciousness, and it cannot be achieved um, just by me creating you. It's got to be achieved by you struggling with a certain concept and being compliant with others. So eat from the tree, but don't eat from this, this one. That exercise is vital to uh, imbibing a human being with the consciousness of a Baruch on the level that we are, that we are talking about. Unfortunately, we all know the story, Adam and Chava violated, and as a result, 
the concept of consciousness of Hashem um, be became diluted. And as a result, the knowledge, if you will, um, dissipated or the opportunity to create this bond with Hashem um, dissipated for a while. And as a result, Akash Baruch Hu punished Adam and Chava. And the consequence of it all was a world which has uh, to fight a much greater struggle in order to, to adopt, in order to develop an understanding, a consciousness and appreciation of Hashem's presence within the fabric of, of the world. To demonstrate this for a second, when the Gemara tells us that Adam was born circumcised, the idea of a, of a Brit, a circumcision, is, uh, so to speak, a mark of HaKosh Baruch Hu on the, the human flesh of, of Adam. Uh, an automatic, if you will, an automatic signature of the consciousness that a person has to have continuously carries that Hashem is, um, is, is so much part and parcel of his life. The Gemara tells us how Adam Arishon lost that particular mark. The, the Britainess, in a sense, was undone um, once, he had, once he had sinned in Gan Eden. The other, the other phenomenon was, which was uh, apparent there, what Adam, what Adam and Chava had lost was the abilities to, to support themselves. They had, they had food and a manner of living in Gan Eden, which, which was, as we know, called paradise. Uh, they had they 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 lost that. In other words, uh, now they had to fight for it to see, to realize that in order, if they don't recognize Hashem in the mix, the one's parnosa is going to be uh, is not natural. It comes from uh, it comes from a divine source, and therefore uh, Adam and Chava were cursed. They had to work really really hard. Now they had to struggle by the sweat of their brow, so to speak, to bring forth f um, food. And uh, the yield was not commensurate with the effort invested. Uh, the, the, the ground did not respond as it would have if um, they had a much clearer consciousness of where Hashem was standing uh, within. Now, it's interesting that we know that there are a number of interpretations. Uh, there are possibly five different interpretations as what the Eitzadat was. But um, we, uh, we're, going to, we're going to use, for the sake of our discussion, we're going to use the interpretation that the, the grapevine was the Eitzadat. And the Midrash tells us that Akash Baruch Hu gave Adam Arishon, not sure how much he told him, but he said to him, this Eitzadat, you will deserve it eventually, and it'll come in the form of a, of a, a cup of wine where that Eitzadat now will be available to you. So if Adam and Chava would have restrained themselves throughout that first Friday, um, the cup of wine that they would have, Hashem would have helped them squeeze from the grapes, would have made Kiddush, would have sanctified Hashem's name, come the purpose in, in, in creation. So just, uh, just now to, to, to look at these things here, through wine or the grapevine represents, it represents a concept of dart. The Eitzah dart for the sake of this discussion is this grapevine. They were only allowed to have the, the grapevine once they achieved a certain consciousness of Akosh Baruch Hu within. And, and they weren't able to achieve it. And, and, and part of the repercussions were Amarishan lost the natural mark, uh, his Brit Milah, and his whole source of Panosa was, was affected. 
Now, the Rizal's principle here is that the entire history of our world from that time on is essentially there to rectify Adam Arishon's sin. The whole entire history of, of, of mankind, and specifically Am Israel, is to metakain, is to fix up, is to rectify Adam's chait. What was the chait of Adam and Chava? The sin, the sin was losing or dissolving, destroying the consciousness that a person should have that Hashem is in control. Uh, and as and on their level, on their level, as spiritual as they were, they uh, they they were the ones who started the dilution process. And we have to work away of trying to uh, inculcate within us an absolute emunah, uh, an expression of faith, of consciousness of Akash Baruch So Hashem now allows the world to try, develop, and as it develops, as humanity develops, the challenge to humanity is, let's rectify Adam's sin, and let's, uh, let's try and inculcate within us a, a, a tikkun of the, of the tikkun, a rectification of the midah of that, of the attribute of, uh, of, of knowledge of Akash Baruch of, of consciousness, consciousness of Akash Baruch The world develops, and as you know, it doesn't do too well. Eventually, Hashem feels that the world um, has developed past the point of return, uh, of no return anyway, and, they, and they're not going to be able to do tshuva anymore. So Hashem destroys the world and the flood comes. But the people that he saves... Or on Noach and his family. Now, Noach, interestingly enough, Hashem gives him the opportunity to rectify the midah of that, of consciousness of Akash Baruch Hu. His whole interaction with Noach and how, he, how long it takes him to build the ark and how long, you know, how much abuse he takes for it and the potential he has to be able to makarov people and, and uh, populate the message that Hashem is in, you know, in charge here. Yeah? No, this is Noach's really, this is his, this is his tough kid. This is his mission. And uh, in, in order to almost help Noach, Noach was also given that sign of circumcision, almost as a natural, because Baruch gave him this natural mark. I'm with you. You've got so much, you've got so much potential. Anyway, we know that Noach, unfortunately, also fails to achieve this end, despite the cataclysmic flood. And upon emergence from the Teva, possibly so depressed from what he saw around him, the destruction of the world, Noach has an opportunity which unfortunately he misses. He has, he has grapevines with him and he plants a vineyard. And in principle, the, the conceptual idea here is, is that the vineyard is an opportunity for Noach to rebuild with his family and somehow and rectify the sin of Adam, Adam and Chava, the lack of consciousness, the middah of that. But we know what happens and that is that Noach Noach loses it. He, he, cannot, he cannot maintain the balance that's needed. It's interesting, we've got in Kabbalistic thought, you talk about uh, the so-called the, the so spherot, these spheres of energy and influence. Uh, the, first, the top three spheres out of the, out of the ten are Chochmah, Bina, and Da'at. Um, they're all expressions of knowledge. But Da'at, if, if you can explain Chochmah as IQ, and 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 bina as eq that is like the combination of the two of them what what uh tiferet harmony is the combination of chesed and gavura so that is the combination of chokhmah and bina so there's a certain that is not just intelligence that is eq and iq together uh noah has an opportunity together with his family to build a platform upon which 
the tikkun of this of this concept of Hashem's the the dart of Hashem, the knowledge of God, is um, you know, is is fixed, and he has he has three children uh, to help him do this. Shaim Cham and Yefet, and the 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 tragic scenario that unfolds from Noach is he himself loses the balance and he has too much wine, making him drunk. His his uh, his children, um, Shaim and Yefet, redeem themselves because they try and uh, help Noach recover. But Cham Cham wants to really destroy Noach's ability to have more children. He uh, the Midrash talks of him having this, this idea in his head that you know, the world wasn't big enough to share you know, with, another, with another person or, or, or other children. And according to the Midrash, he castrates Noah. According to the simple text, he just, he just embarrasses him. He just, uh, he just you know, he, he feeds off Noah's uh, lack of dignity or loss of dignity. What happens is, is that Ham is propelled to the, in the, to the forefront of that energy that is the antithesis of what we want to do. We're looking to use the Eitzadat. The, the We're using to deserve it. We're using to help it purify our existence. And Ham is undermining the very uh, existence of this concept. And therefore, in a sense, Noach unfortunately destroys his potential and does not realize the mission that Hashem has given him. Uh, Ham becomes the, you know, the anti-god. Ham becomes the anti-tikkun uh, as to what's happened. And the, the progeny, the generations that follow, the children that Ham has, they, in a sense, become the antithesis of the consciousness of God in the world. And if you look in Tanakh, just I'll read you the, I'll read you the pasuk from the, from the Tanakh. Um, the Tanakh tells us as follows. Um, after the flood, it gives us a genealogical map of, of all the children that were born uh, to Shem, Ham, and Yefet. So it tells us here, Uvnei Ham, Kush, Umitraim, Ufutu, Khnan. There were four children, Kush, Mitraim, Futu, Khnan. Now, Kush, we sort of understand what happens because the Torah continues to tell us Kush had a child, Nimrod, and Nimrod became the first dictator of the universe. And again, as you know, with his relationship with Avram Avinu, he represented the anti-Yakosh Baruch force in the world. And he was, he and, you know, Hashem had to take care of that whole uh, generation of the dispersion uh, led, by, led by Nimrod. So Nimrod was sort of neutralized to a degree for a while anyway, uh, as a result of this, uh, you know, the Tower of Babel and the dispersion of all cultures. Um, Kush, now... Um, sorry, Mitzrayim is the second child. Mitzrayim is the location now where we're going to end, when we're going to land up. Um, Foot, I don't know what happens to him. I didn't have a chance before the shear to actually chase what happened to this guy. Um, I was, the idea came to me, you know, quite late in the piece this afternoon. Uh, and then, so I have to sort of research what happened to him. Uchanan, we know, he took his kayak and he he took it to Eretz Israel. There were 10, 10 kings that were in Eretz Israel, eventually multiplying to 31. But, you know, for the sake of our discussion, all, all, all uh, Canaan's kids, ultimately, um, they, they are the ones that we know inhabited um, the land of Israel. 
Canaan says in the Pasukya, Yalad Sidon with his firstborn Chait, Hayevusi, Emori, Girgashi, Chivi, all these Hebra were con- you know, concentrated around Eretz Israel. So it's as if, it's as if based on, this, on these Pasukim here, that you have two centers of the Cham-like ideology. You have Mitzrayim that became a superpower. You had the, the kings of Canaan. You had Nimrod as well, but he was taken care of already early on. And so I think the answer to our first question is, why did Am Yisrael land up in Mitzrayim? Why were we Avadim Ayinu Nefarob in Mitzrayim? When you read that line during the, the Seder, you know, if you have an opportunity to stress this point, that it's Dafka B'Mitzrayim that we were Avadim, not, not anywhere else. Akush Baruch wanted us to somehow grow within the greatest cesspool of immorality and demonstrate to the world that we could survive there. If we can survive there, we can survive, we can survive everywhere. Uh, and and, and this, is, this is part of the tikkun process of the concept of having a consciousness, awareness of Akush Baruch in the darkest spaces that exist uh, in the universe. You know, in the middle of Auschwitz, there's still people having faith in Akush Baruch this is what this is not a model that Hashem was building for us in order to help us metakain the the midah the the character trait of dat consciousness of a Baruch Now after after Noah passes away and his children take up their positions in the world, um, Baruch Hu, Hashem gifts the world Avram Avinu. Our our, our patriarch Avram Avinu starts everything off for Am Yisrael. He he's the person who has an opportunity or who makes great strides in actually being able to uh, fix this midah, fix this, 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 um, this, this attribute of being conscious of Hashem in the world. And we know Avram Avinu is the greatest outreach master. He's the one who brings the consciousness of Hashem to the world. He preaches monotheism. He's the one who doesn't just keep monotheism to himself in a monastic uh, style, but rather he, he, he engages in major outreach, him and Sarah together, this is their this is their this is their job. And so they they affected a tikkun in the middle of, of Da'at of Hashem more than anybody else to date had ever done. And the proof, the proof to this is interesting. Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu is given the mitzvah of Brit Milah. So although he's not uh, so to speak born with a, a kind of a, a gift in his hand, but rather he had to work, and once he worked, uh, Hashem, Hashem gave him the blessing that he would keep what he worked for and that the mark of circumcision was never to leave his children ever again. So Avram Avinu is given this mitzvah of Brit Milah. It's a, it's a sign that he is metakein. He is on his way to fixing up the middle of Dath and bringing the consciousness of Hashem to the world in which, in which he lives. He makes great strides in this area. Um, but yet, he, Avram Avinu, in the, in the eyes of the Arizal, falls short of uh, the level he should have attained as well. Uh, and the Arizal um, takes us back to the story of the Brit Ben Abitarim, the very story which we start uh, our Seder with almost, where we, um, we revise this idea that Hashem had promised, he made a covenant with Avram Avinu, uh, that he would never forsake him and his children, he would always remain our God, but there would be this period of slavery in a land not known to us, um, and uh, and we have to try and understand why why this took place, what 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 pushed, what pushed it. So many of you may know the background to the midrash to the Gemara, and that is that Avram Avinu, Hashem tested him really severely. 
never had children for so long. And yet Akash Baruch was promising him continuity. And eventually, Avram Avinu, when he was promised this covenant, or he entered into this covenant with Hashem, with the promise of continuity, yet he was so old and past uh, the point of natural reproduction, uh, so was Sarah. He, in a... You know, in a sense, flabbergasted. He was just absolutely at his at his wit's end, and he he blurts out to Hakadosh Baruch Hu after Hashem has promised him everything. He says to Hashem, Hashem, how will I know that I will inherit this land uh, and that there will be people after me to inherit it?" And our result focuses takes the line of thinking that look at that sentence, "Bama how will I know when a person's in trouble and he says, "How will I know that you that you Hashem your pledge will come true that shows a lack of faith in a, in, a, in essence what it was saying is Avramavinu you've made incredible strides um, for you yourself and as the patriarch of the family to imbibe the consciousness of Akash Baruch Hu. but by you saying how will I know you're demonstrating that there's a certain element of that which is missing from the equation and therefore Avramavinu himself through God's eyes uh, had come short and now what was necessary was a radical intervention by Hashem in order to demonstrate to all of Avram Avinu's children um, the consciousness of Akash Baruch Hu. And this would only take place on a mass scale through an event like the slavery in Egypt followed by the, the, the redemption from Egypt. And once, you go through a, once you go through this process of millions of people and who needed to be in, infused with the, 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 pre, the consciousness of Akash Baruch Hu. It's one thing for Avram Avinu as an individual to mess up, but when it, when it becomes, when it grows exponentially to all the children of Avram Avinu, it's, it's so hard to know how Akash Baruch Hu is going to take an entire nation and, 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 in, and inject them and infuse them with a real serious fundamental consciousness of the power of Akash Baruch Hu. How does Hashem do that? How does Hashem cause radical change? Well, we're living through it, but in the days of Mitzrayim, is exactly what it was. Go through the go through the the period of slavery, where you become victims in an oppressive a regime, where they are the the most powerful nation on earth, and within a few months, Akash Baruch Hu overturn the most powerful nation on the planet in order to liberate the most um, oppressed slaves on the planet. And as a result of the exercise, the the knowledge. That Am Yisrael pick up each individual, the 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 dart, the knowledge of Akosh Baruch Hu being so much part of our essence, was so powerful that it was almost it was it was there never had there ever been such a radical exercise ever to infuse people with the consciousness of Akosh Baruch Hu as the Yitzhak Mitzrayim did to Am Yisrael. And most interestingly is that when we emerged from when we emerged as free people on the other side of the Kriyat Yamsuf. Uh, look what happened to us. Some amazing things happened. Number one, Moshe Rabbeinu describes the process. And he says in a, in a cryptic comment, but uh, Nusach Svard say this comment every Shabbos when I take out a Sefer Torah. Ashkenazim, we only say it uh, on Simchas Torah. But we say, Ata, Moshe Rabbeinu tells Amishal, Horeita Ladat. You have been Horeita Ladat. Your middle of Dat has now been affected for the good. Um, there's nobody beside Akosh Baruch Hu in the world. 
That was the aim of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. But Moshe Rabbeinu could say to Amisrael, only after that, that, that gone through the, through the slavery, through the exodus, and they come on the other end, he says, oh, the middle of that is now, is now really, it's, it's, it's being purified. That's the, that's the ultimate, that a human being should feel that, should feel that way. But isn't it, isn't, it, uh, isn't it interesting to appreciate the following? When Amishal come out of, uh, come out of uh, Mitzrayim, they come out on the other end of the Yamsuf, where you know, water and food are scarce. And of course, Baruch Hu now gifts it to us. We know the story there, but Hashem gifts it to us. Um, and He then gifts us as well. He gifts us man. Can, can we not appreciate now that the, the, uh, the curse that was leveled against Adam and Chava that curse that was leveled at them as a consequence of diluting the dart of Hashem, that, that now the middah of dart has been purified a lot through Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So now, of course, why do you need bazaar tapecha? Why do you need to sweat for food? Because Baruch just drops it from Shamayim. And the miracle is a sign that Asher now can have food and water in Shamayim, miraculously, as it was in Ganadin. You, I'm Israel, you've done well. You've survived in such a way that, that the tikkun of the middle of Da'at is on its way. Interesting is the next mitzvah that we get on the other end of the, the, the Kriyat Yamsuf. The gift that we get from Akosh Baruch Hu, together with a man that almost comes simultaneously, one after the other, we have a gift of Shabbat, the gift of Shabbos, where you don't have to do any work. In other words, there's, there's like you free from, from everything. It's like a, Shabbos is also another sign that Akosh Baruch Hu is, is, is so pleased with Kladishal's development that we are gifted this idea of, of, of Shabbos together with man as a, as a testimony of how we, we're doing well now. The middle of that, when we, when we sit and we rest and we contemplate that Shabbos is supposed to be such a spiritual day um, in order to contemplate our relationship with Akosh Baruch Hu, and the middle of that again through uh, Shabbos and man is, um, you know, is, is developed. Interesting is, is this idea of the man, of, of what it is, you know, the, the nature of man and what we ate there. We know in Mitzrayim and on Pesach, we, uh, we prohibited, prohibited against eating chomets. Um, and, so, and matzah is the order of the day. And the, the difference between matzah and chomets, as so many Balai Musar uh, point out, is that matzah has got nothing to be proud of. Matzah is like you know, it's, it's quarantine bread. Can we use that word? When you, when you are going through a spiritual purification process, rather, let's put it this way, you're spiritually, seriously sick in Mitzrayim, and you now have to develop uh, a strong, strong malady. You can only be fed food that is devoid of any yatsahora, devoid of any fermentation, any, any yeast. And therefore, matzah represents a spiritually vulnerable people building themselves up to eventually achieve what Akash Bakr really wants from us. That the little a little bit of Yaitahora, funny enough, in the world in which we live, a little bit of ambition, a little bit of Yaitahora actually um, mixed in with the khala with, with the matzah turns into khala. And that is much more yummy than the matzah. Meaning that the ideal is to move forward with our human condition, which has a Yaitahora built in and the question in our world in which we live. 
And therefore, the matter isn't the ideal. The matter is just the process by which we achieve in our, our ability to once again look towards the future where with the right amount of values, we'll be able to deal with the horror that's within without allowing it to overtake us. It's that balance that we're looking for. Interesting, therefore, as well, that to, that's why during Pesach only matzah. But Shavuot, when it comes to Shavuot, we've gone through seven weeks of, 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 of rehabilitation. We're now ready to bring the Shtay Alechem as the Korban of Shavuot. The gateway that we went through, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, uh, you know, brings us towards the culmination, and that is accepting the dart of Akosh Baruch into us through Shavuot and symbolized by the ability to eat Chometz again, which is, uh, which is bread, which is, which is bread made up of, of the flour water plus the, the, ferment, the fermentation. This, this represents a tikkun of the middle of that. When you're standing at the, at the bottom of, of Har Sinai, uh, after going through this whole entire process, um, you start to feel that Am Yisrael, like the Gemara says, the entire impurity that came as a result of Adam and Chavah's sin was removed from Klal Yisrael. And for those 40 days, they lived, in a, they lived like Adam and Chavah before the sin. Never has any group of people in history ever lived through a period of time where the, the da'at of HaKosh Baruch Hu had been so purified as Am Yisrael after Shavuot time. The process to get there was, uh, was Yitzhak Mitzrayim through Shavuot. Uh, how beautiful it is, the Yerushalmi, that uh, tells us that, that um, the mitzvah of challah, as you well know, is given specifically to women, even though if a man's baking challah, he takes challah too, she's got the right quantity of dough. But Dafka, the mitzvah of Chala was given to, to women. And the Talmud Yerushalmi tells us that, of course, because Chava, representing womanhood, um, um, engaged with Adam Arishon and motivated him to join her in sin, thereby blemishing Adam's character. Adam, is, Adam says the Yerushalmi is like a, a human Chala. Because Baruch made him from moisture of the earth and the, grands, the, the grains of sand. And he kneaded them together, and he blew within the mixture of so-called uh, sand, grain, and moisture. By pach pav nishmat chayim, he had this this air going through. In the eyes of Yerushalmi, Adam is a human chala who uh, who needed tikkun uh, as a result of what happened there, and therefore this process of matzah to chala is one which we keep on reliving each time we take chala. And to me, whenever I feel like uh, I've asked to give a message to people who are baking chala and taking chala, to me, uh, uh, this, this resonates with me uh, more than any other uh, drush, more than any other explanation as to the, the concept behind the, the, idea, the idea of chala. Of course, we appreciate now as well the mitzvah drabanan, the rabbinic mitzvah, of celebrating Yitzhak Mitzrayim over four cups of wine, Dafka. Why four cups of wine? Because the wine represents the tikkun of the Eitzadat. If you can drink the wine, it means that each time you drink, there's, there's supposed to be more consciousness of Akosh Baruch coming through than, you know, the, the idea of drinking wine. The Eitzadat now is, has become available, so to speak, for, uh, to, to us. And uh, Yitzhak Mitzrayim represents that rectification of, uh, of Adamson. So to sum up uh, before we have to go, and that is that I tried to share with you an idea that I, I picked up this on, uh, idea from a, a safer called uh, the Aria Kaplan Reader. It was published in, uh, 
he had this chidush in 1982 already. I think he wrote some notes and they published it posthumously. But I, I think I was able to take this idea and, and dress it for us to answer these two questions. We explained that Mitzrayim came from, from Ham, and Ham represented the anti the, the, the anti knowledge of Akosh Baruch Hu, uh, the, the no consciousness of Akosh Baruch Hu in life. And therefore, Am Yisrael were, were, had to come along and demonstrate that they could actually, through the darkest points, contact with the darkest uh, types of morals, still be able to come out on the other side. So the Jewish gene would be able to survive anything that nature would throw at it. And so that, that's why Davka Avadimayinu, the Farah of Mitzrayim, and not Avadimayinu uh, to the Melech of uh, the Yevusi or the Chiti or the Gigashi, whichever other kings they were, who were descendants of, descendant of, of Ham. And the last question I asked was, so what was this, what's this idea of of Vafilu Kulanu Chachamim, Kulanu Nevonim, Kulanu Zekinim, Kulanu Yodimet HaTorah? Why is it Mitzvah Aleinu L'Saper B'Tziyat Mitzrayim? Why, why, why do we bring in intelligent people, knowledgeable people as an example? Why? And then, you know, I think the answer, the answer should be self-evident now, and that is that if the Arizal, using the Arizal's theory, that the whole concept of Yetziat Mitzrayim, of, of Avd Mitzrayim, of Shibud Mitzrayim, is to be metaka in the middle of that. So Davka, those people who have that, those people who can rationalize, those people who are clever to make all sorts of, all sorts of tricks here and there to rationalize whatever we can do. But even, even those who aren't like that, even people that were great spiritually, Adam and Chava were great spiritually like no, one ever, no one's ever known. And they also, we have to realize, nobody's immune from the Yetzirah, which tries to dilute our consciousness of Akash Baruch And therefore, no matter who you are, how clever you are, how much knowledge you are, we have a mitzvah, and that's why the more you talk about it, the more you experience it, the more it goes deeper into your psyche. So as a closing comment, I think it's a, a, an apt a concept for us to appreciate specifically now that we're going through this, this, this Magaifaya. And uh, I'm sure if you, if you tune into any, anybody who's talking chizuk, uh, that, 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 that about this coronavirus, you know, what's the main thing it's done to everybody? Well, the main thing it's done is, that is what, uh, well, that is what this, this drastic coronavirus is like the Mitzrayim of old. That's what it's meant to do. We're supposed to come out to the other end. Potentially, could even, we could even be spooky enough to say that it's not coincidental that this proceeds Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, uh, Pesach, because the Avodah, the work that we have to do on ourselves philosophically, emotionally, is we are, we are, we, we, we've, we've let it go, especially the West, the world's let it go. We are, you know, no one, no one really has the consciousness of a Baruch where it's supposed to be. And therefore, this thing is affecting all of us in order, I believe, come Erev Pesach with the same message that let's fix up the middah of the knowledge, consciousness of Akash Baruch Hu, to ask Hashem for help, to, to imbibe this idea. It should affect us so deeply on a fundamental level of our personality uh, that we come through Pesach. Hopefully we'll be able to celebrate in good health. I wish you all Chag Sameach. Apologize again for the technical hitch. Take care. Laila Thank you, Rabbi.